This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Spear Factor Spear Fishing Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brett Whitman. Today's guest is two group of individuals that are from the Just Get Wet crew, uh, free diving crew, spear fishing, everything in between. Um, it's Nathan and Chris. Those guys are locals here in San Diego and they have their shop in Mission Valley, uh, excuse me, Mission Beach. Um, but I wanted them on the show because what's so unique about them is that I remember talking to the guys a little bit earlier on years ago, just in a private conversation. They had wanted to put together a freediving community and they in my opinion they succeeded quite well every sunday there's meetups and they all work on freediving at la jolla shores so if you're ever interested in something like that there's a group of really knowledgeable really safe dive um, freediving instructors all meeting up at eight o'clock around eight o'clock in la jolla shores um, to do group diving and they also do spear fishing courses and I covered all of that stuff in between and in between during the podcast, just getting started and how they went from an idea to actually put into production where they have a physical shop and keeps growing, growing, growing their own community. It's pretty awesome to watch. Um, so thanks guys for being on the show. You can check out uh, more about these these guys at, and Just Get Wet crew itself at the just at just get wet on instagram and then they have a youtube channel now just get wet so be sure and check them out um so thanks guys again and as always uh if you're interested in growing your knowledge in spearfishing and or sick of just being stuck not seeing fish or stuck in a rut or or whatever you just want to learn more be sure to check out the spearfishingmentor.com um, website that's again that's spearfishingmentor.com where there's classes some of them free some of them you know they cost money but um, there's classes there for you guys made for you guys so uh, hope you check it out and, and enjoy it and learn a lot 
All right. Take care. Now I'd like to thank our sponsor, Mr. Ted Hardy of Immersion Freediving. Uh, enter promo code SPEARFACTOR for 15% off uh, on his 28-day freediving transformation course. And uh, it's pretty awesome. I've used it and I recommend it. So you can find this course and the other courses Ted puts out for us at freedivingsafety.com. Um, like I said, enter the promo code SPEARFACTOR for the discount. And thanks, Ted, for sponsoring the show. Our next sponsor is Hot Rod Spear Guns. Uh, Paul has offered us 10% discount with a promo code SPEARFACTOR. So thanks, Paul, for making badass guns and uh, providing a hookup for our listeners. And Chimera Side Slip. So Chimera Side Slip, you can purchase those at Chimera Spearfishing. That's K-I-M-E-R-A. And basically, I've talked about the side slip before in the show. It's kind of the benefits of a slip tip without worrying about breaking your tip hunting around rocks. Uh, it replaces the flopper with a side slip. Uh, check it out more at the website. And if you use promo code SPEARFACTOR, all lowercase, at checkout, they'll give you 5% off. And our last sponsor is One Drop Spearfishing. Basically, a, an environmentally minded group of guys that love to dive, live and breathe it, but their whole focus is feeding friends and family and enjoying their time in the water. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, solid group of guys. And uh, check out their website, One Drop Spearfishing. Check them out on YouTube, One Drop Spearfishing. And if you'd like to uh, sponsor Spear Factor Podcast, feel free. Uh, you can go ahead and shoot me a note on the website, spearfactor.com. Thank you. Uh, hey everybody. Welcome back to spear factor today. We're with the just get wet crew. Um, Chris and Nate, you guys, uh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pleasure. Um, just to start off the whole, just get wet thing. Um, what do you guys do? Can you just give everybody like a little background on what you guys are doing here in San Diego? Is you're located in San Diego, Mission Mission Beach, correct? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Um, feel free to add to this. Okay. Make it better. But we, uh, you know, we started off with doing classes, um, you know, for like the intro to freediving and intermediate freediving. Um, as we were doing that kind of realized how important it was to have like a consistent group that is training. Um, and I think that is our, to me, that's, that's the thing that I'm probably most proud about is we're out there every Sunday. Um, if you want to come line dive, work on your, your depth, your performance, whatever, um, and then come hang out with us and cook out afterwards. Um, I feel like that has been the coolest thing because uh, you know it can be a very intimidating sport uh, but when you meet the people that we hang out with we're very much not intimidating <laughs> quite the opposite um so so yeah i would say classes training um then we do we do a good amount of spear fishing trips and stuff like that well yeah i think it's like he he hit it um we're a community um that just kind of like gets people in the water to just kind of um share love for the ocean and like how to like interact with it safely 
exclusively like you guys are just free diving or are you doing spear fishing as well like spear fishing stuff because it seems like if you look at your website you guys are starting to kind of figure out as everybody gets into the free diving aspect some people like to go right some people like to go left is yeah. you guys kind of experience that on your own as well yeah definitely i think what what i saw when i started this and this was years ago so i think it's changed a lot but it seemed like some of the spear fishing groups were pretty salty um and not super welcoming and so i wanted something that was just open to everybody and especially like especially girls like you know i think it's sometimes tough for them to show up in a room full of like 80 dudes that just <laughs> like want to shoot fish all day um and so that's that's what kind of started it and uh i think i i was more interested in the free diving specific part um you know, but now that we have more people coming through the class, um, they, they want to do spear fishing stuff. So we're, we're working on building that out, but yeah, getting there. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've always, I, I kind of found the two at the same time. And I think I've always done both, um, equally and the spear fishing has always been a big thing. And, um, I've always really enjoyed teaching and I mean, anything that I enjoy, I, I really like to pass it on to other people um no matter kind of what that is and again it was i think a tough journey for me when i first started um to just find people to show me the way i had to do a lot of like research and digging on my own and um i just want to like give people an easy access and not have to kind of like make the mistakes that i did and um just kind of yeah help people not make the mistakes that i did and like a quick easy way to kind of get into it so um along those lines because i i can identify with that as well but you, how do you how do you respond to like say you know we're talking you're talking about the old salty guys and it's like i had to learn this way and and uh you know the learning curve was much flatter was flatter back then um how, what do you think about people like that like oh you should um that are kind of more along the lines of you know you learn things for yourself rather than uh pay to take a free diving course or a spear fishing course or you're giving all of our secrets away or or whatever it is making people not earn um i guess you know one way i guess I could describe it is and in, in the surfing community it was like when toe surfing became really popular and you had all these guys uh toe surfing guys and girls too um, everybody, but I, everybody toe surfing and you're like that guy or girl would never be out here fucking paddling if they weren't getting whipped in this wave. And the first thing that goes wrong, they're going to be fucked because they're not mentally prepared to deal with the repercussions of whatever it is they're doing. So I, in that regard, I see what kind of that argument, but how do you think about like when, with some of the older guys are like, yeah, you should really learn it for yourself. Like, what do you think about that? Yeah, I'm. I'm totally that person. And I think including with starting a business, I have to make all the mistakes and, and learn them myself. Uh, I, I think the thing for me is just don't die. Right. And it's, it's easy to do that if you have somebody with you. And if you, if you know a couple things and it's also very, very easy to get overly confident and have it sneak up on you when you're not expecting because 
from what I have seen, um, the people that have gotten into trouble are usually people that know what they're doing. Everybody's surprised. Everybody says this person dies within their limits all the time. It was just this, you know, something crazy happened one day. And I would say that 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 is the reason to take it is because you you just kind of never know and it can sneak up on you and it's not worth it <laughs> yeah that's always tough because i yeah i think there's a lot of people that feel like you need to like earn it you need to put in the hard work and the time and i, and I do think you do um but that being said i mean i, I think i can relate it to surfing in that like um it helps to have someone go out and say like okay this is what cutting somebody off is. Don't do that. This is what back paddling is. Don't do that. Like they don't need to like hold your hand and push you into a wave, you know, but they can be there to kind of facilitate, like, this is how it works. This is kind of the etiquette of it. Um, and here's how to do it safely. And here you go. Like enjoy. Yeah, no, I, I can agree. I, I agree with that. I can totally see that what you're saying. And, and, I think people don't understand too, is that there's so many layers and levels of this whole thing. And you can hear things over and over again. Someone could say it to you, but until you really experience it, maybe multiple times, at least you'll know. Um, but you won't really define that technique until, you know, it takes a little bit of time. So yeah, the learning curve is steeper, but it's also much more, uh, I don't want to say fair for lack of better terms, just a, a gradual progression in doing things safely. Cause I think Chris, you hit it perfect where it was like, just don't die. <laughs> and then I feel like most of the people that are dying in our sport aren't the noobs. Yeah. Like it's not the new guys at all. Like it seems like it's the guys that are like, oh, you know, I hear the term he's an experienced diver and all and Oh, you know, so-and-so died. Like the last two guys that I can think of that have died, were diving a hundred feet, 90 to a hundred feet. Yeah. And, and this is where the, I guess the old salt kind of comes out where I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Diving to 90 to a hundred feet by yourself. That's fucking stupid. And again, now I say that general generalization, I'm not, you know, but it's terrible because that is such a serious thing. And a lot of people that I think uh, it's like a teenager when they get their driver's license and I'm experiencing this right now and they start driving and they're like, I got it, dad. I got yeah. it. I got it. I'm like, you don't have shit. You don't know the first <laughs> thing <laughs> until something goes wrong. You don't, you yeah. think you got it, you know? Yeah. And I kind of feel like with spearfishing, it gets like that where guys are like, you know, diving at like 90 feet. And uh, I know another guy, a younger kid, he was doing that. And it's like, man, the, you know, every 33 feet, everything gets more and more complicated. And it's like, we were doing some uh, diving in, in Guam free diving. And my buddy was doing like hangs at a hundred feet. And one day he came up and had an LMC and it was like the randomest thing. And I think it really rattled him because he didn't have an explanation why it happened because yeah. he did everything, you know, but it's like, that's that moment where if you're diving by yourself, spearfishing by yourself, mm -hmm. you're done and it's just, it's just done. So. Yeah. I think that's the most, the, the frustrating thing. And it's kind of the argument that a lot of old timers do say too, as far as like, don't do free diving courses. You're giving someone enough rope to hang themselves essentially. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's the, so that was my response initially was like, that's like, well, that's dumb, you know? But so I understand where they're coming from, I guess. Cause I didn't take a free diving course for like 20 years. And then, um, 
you know, everything yeah. was like word of mouth and passed down. It was like, okay, breathe this way. And then, you know, come to find out, like, it was like, man, I think it would be a lot easier if I had taken a free diving course yeah. years ago. But I think people just need to stress if you have a buddy and they're watching you, if you fucking black out, like, you know what to do. It's not that big of a deal. I hate to say that, but it's really not. If you have, if you're on top of your shit, yeah. good to yeah. go. But yeah. if you're not there, you're done. Like how fucking wasteful is that? It's just shame. Yeah. I, I say it because I like get kind of fired up about it because like there's so many good young people that do that. Oh man, and it's like no, this is like going to 90 feet. Like uh, one of the guys I talked to said, "Oh, 60 foot dive is like a pussy dive or something," you know. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure, I, it's cool." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, 90 foot dive might be a pussy. It doesn't matter, but chemistry is chemistry, and like it'll fucking bite you in the ass. Yeah. If you don't have a spotter just in case. Yeah. And uh, I just, I, I bring it up because I just want to re, you know, reemphasize that to like people that you're taking free diving course. So you're given this great tool to be able to dive comfortably. If you're going to do it, hell yeah, it's great. And it's, and it's a beautiful thing to be able to actually enjoy a dive. It took me 20 years to like actually enjoy a dive. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, it was just like, get down there and find a fish and wait for the stupid thing to come in and shoot it. Um, yeah. but that being said, right. There's a lot of responsibility. So things can go bad. So like, I don't know, it's just, it's crazy to me. I feel like you as instructors and I know you guys, like I, I'm assuming like all the instructors I know, they, they push it, they force it. You're like, Oh yeah, you got to spot buddy, 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 buddy. And, um, I'm just driving at home. Cause I just feel like it happened again. And it's like, fuck man, like guys, 90 feet is like a legit dive. Even if you can go to a hundred and fucking 80 feet 90 feet is still a legit dive when you're talking about your body chemistry 60 feet is yeah is yeah is a legit dive if you stay down there for three minutes right. <laughs> you know like it's, yeah. it's relative like yeah. i mean the depth is one thing but like how long you stay down there and and when you're spearing is when you have all this other stimulus that's like distracting and and you forget you know it's easy to forget <laughs> and yeah in the end it's it's just like anything you do in life you weigh out the risks right you know and, right. and what what risk do I have if I mess up while I'm free diving or spearfishing? It's your life, you know, whereas other things, it might be something, you know, a little less, uh, a little less risky. Yeah. Right. So. And that's the thing that we, we like preach all the time is it's just like, if you take one thing from our class, it's just keep the other person's head out of water. That's it. You've saved a life. Like that is all you have to do. It's so easy. And we try to teach you the right way to do it and the most efficient thing. but if you don't have that person there, you, like you don't have a chance. And that's, I think that is what is kind of frustrating is it's just, yeah. So easy to save a life as long as you have somebody there. And right. I, the other thing with the, with the line diving is, um, yeah, I think a lot of people think it's kind of lame or just, you know, aren't into it as much, but it is the chance where you can tell somebody, Hey, I'm really going to push my limits but I know that you're going to be there to safety me. And if anything happens, you've got me. And when, when you get to that edge, it feels different and it looks different for everybody. There's not like a cookie cutter, like you're going to see this and you're going to feel this. And this is how, you know. Um, and so I think, I think you do have to be in a environment where you can push that edge and, find out what it looks and feels like for you so that when you are out, you know, spearfishing or, or doing whatever with a buddy, of course, um, you, you know, you can 
see those things coming ahead of time. You're already familiar with them and you know, this isn't just some random thing. This is like my key to, you know, get back to the surface. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful point though, as far as, um, line diving and, and you can, you can push yourself because really everything else you can, you can deal with, right. You get squeezes, it sucks. You know, you can deal with it so much, but if your head is not above the water, you're, you're done. Like everything else we can kind of deal with, but, but I did love, uh, line diving for the simple reason of that. It's what you're talking about is like, okay, being really into spearfishing, it's like the line diving thing was new to me. And then it was like, okay, I want to, how, if I was going to hunt at 70 feet, how would I do this? I know I can go to 70 feet, no problem, but I want to hunt there. I want to try to do a hang. So let me go to 70 feet and then you just build yourself up. And I love the fact that you can kind of, in a very structured environment, rehearse that dive, like mm-hmm. what it would be like if you were hunting on a, on a, you know, on a reef at 70 feet or 80 feet or whatever it was, but you can rehearse that for yourself, whatever depth you want. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you said, when you're sitting there on three, three minutes on the bottom, but I know for me personally, it's like go down 65 feet, 70 feet. I can sit there for a minute on the bottom. Why? Cause I've done it over and over. And I know like, it's just, a, it helps you relax too. Cause you've already rehearsed it and you're yeah. comfortable and like, yeah, um, no good stuff. But now that we beat the safety horse to death, like, which I know I just, maybe I'm getting older. So I'm like, I've got to be safe kids. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, as far as running, how do you guys run? Okay. So just get wet. You guys run free diving programs and spearfishing programs out of your store in mission beach. Yeah. What program like PFI, what, what program do you guys follow? Do you guys follow exclusive program? Or do you take a little bit from everything and, and what kind of courses do you offer? We, so we teach the Malchinov's curriculum. Um, I started, the first class I took was PFI. Um, I got certified as a FII instructor under Martin's Panic, um, which is amazing and very difficult. Um, and then I, you know, there was another instructor out here that told me like, you know, you need to explore different things. There are a lot of different philosophies of, on free diving around the world. And so I did the deep week thing with Malchinov's. Um, it was really impressed by that. Um, it also lined up with, you know, we're trying to do routine training and create a community and that's kind of what they're behind. Um, but I think for me, that's, that's the best thing about the sport is just, it's so new and it's so individual that you can have an issue. You can talk to all these different people. They'll kind of give you the textbook answer. And then at some time you're going to find one person that's like, yep, I've had that super weird thing happen to me. I did this really weird thing and it worked and it just clicks. And I think that's, what's kind of exciting about the sport right now is there's their guidelines for sure, but there's not, there's not a set, um, formula. So, um, that was, that was one of the reasons that we started working with Malchinov's. And so we teach, um, we're starting to do a discover free diving course, which is, you know, 20, 30 feet, it's basically advanced snorkeling. Um, so there are no performance requirements. There are no certifications. Our intro course is between 40 to 66 feet. Um, and then the intermediate is when you get into free fall. So, uh, 66 to, to hundred feet. Um, and then we're combining spearfishing with that and have a couple 
couple other things yeah spearfishing related up our sleeves yeah and then yeah we also do the advanced free diving so from 30 to 40 so um yeah and it, it was i i learned all through fii and then kind of went to Malchinovs and got to kind of see the subtle differences between them and and free diving is still like so under researched and people don't really know everything that there is to know about it there's still so much to learn um and so that's kind of one of the things i when i teach is kind of like okay here's here's what one agency teaches here's what another agency teaches you know for the sake of the class i want you to try this um but know that like maybe it's not perfect for you like everyone for the most part teaches the same thing but with small subtle differences and things like how to prepare for a breathe how to like recover from your breathing and things um and so you know it's like okay this is how we teach it i want you to try this but if this doesn't work for you you know continue to try different things um say for instance like fi kind of teaches like these uh for to prepare for a dive you know it's kind of like a quick inhalation with these long kind of delayed exhalations you know um with the theory of like when you breathe in your heart rate goes up when you breathe out your heart rate kind of goes down so you're trying to, to kind of stair step your heart rate down um but i noticed one day sitting in my room trying to do statics um i had a heart rate watch monitor and just by kind of like passively breathing i was able to get my heart rate a lot lower um then when i like really focused on my breathing um i wasn't able to kind of get that as low um so i kind of noticed once i got onto Malchinovs, that's kind of how they teach it um and so yeah again it's like for the most part it's all the same but there's small subtle differences um and you just kind of have to experiment and try different things um to see kind of what works best for you and i didn't i don't think i knew this until we went through the instructor course uh with the kind of like the new batch uh this october is Malchinov's updates their manual like every two years and they have people like in labs getting hooked up to equipment researching it like alexi like all they have like the top athletes in the world and so they're they're hungry for this information and they're immediately putting that into their manuals and their curriculum which i haven't seen anywhere else um which yeah pretty yeah. unique yeah nate uh kind of like what you're saying i noticed that as well where i was like as i'm prepping for this of course in your room right like as i'm prepping for this breathing i'm like oh my heart's going up to 88 mm -hmm. but then when i started doing the tidal breathing um which uh i heard adam stern talk about that too where i i just i was almost like you just take a little bit of all this stuff and you put it together and what works for you is, is what I found where, uh, as long as you're not hyperventilating, you know, um, the title breathing, just, I just telling somebody the day, I was just pretend like you're trying to go to sleep, mm -hmm. you know, and just like really like sleep that'll lower your heart rate. And then, um, you know, take a big breath and go like, yep. don't overthink it. I felt like when I was doing the traditional style of, you know, 10 seconds out, big inhale it was like i was getting ready like a football game or something like yeah. <laughs> and my heart rate's just going up you know yeah. Um, yeah where when i was doing the tidal breathing it was really just forcing me to like just chill out um yeah yeah so is that what you guys teach uh tidal breathing more style that kind of yeah. style yeah. yeah it's basically just kind of tidal breathing all the way up to your peak inhale and then from there it's just peak inhale um they do say for for some people you know like the urge to breathe is different for everybody you know you can have like two identical humans who have you know the same co2 levels and o2 levels on a breath hold and yet you know this person on the left 
gets the urge to breathe right off the bat and it hurts, you know, while this other guy has nothing and like doesn't even have contractions, although they are like physiologically the same, it's different, you know, it's different for everybody. So we, we've had some people who just really struggle with that urge to breathe, in which case we say, okay, like if this is, um, if you're really getting this onset early on to do like some slight chest breaths, like before, so, you know, two or three, um, chest breaths, which is basically like, as opposed to a passive inhale, just slightly larger, right. Which is to off gas a little bit of CO2, um, to kind of delay that urge to breathe, um, but to do so in a safe way, that's not like hyperventilating. That's going to run you the risk of something like a shallow water blackout. Yeah. And I think to that point, it's like Adam Stern is an absolute legend and I've worked with him and like watched his videos a million times. Um, but he also said he's like stretching is silly. Like, I don't think there's any reason for it. And I think it's just different body types. Like I know if I don't stretch, I'm going to feel like absolute garbage. And so it's like, yeah, I just like different body type, you know, this is what I have to do. Um, same thing with, you know, taking a couple chest breaths. Some people are, if they do a couple of those, they put themselves at very extreme risk for other people. You know, they might be able to do a couple of those and not have any any side effects. But again, that's why, you know, we test that, especially in like the intermediate classes and at line diving, it's like, find, find your edge when, when there's somebody there with you before you go out and do in the wild. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a good point. And yeah, it kind of reinforces what you said earlier, but it's totally true. I noticed like, uh, I call them depth triggers, you know, where it's like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking? Like, calm down. <laughs> Like I've talked so much shit to myself. <laughs> You're at 40 feet, man. Like, yeah. This is embarrassing. And, uh, and what, it, but what I realized too, a lot of it is if I hadn't been stretching at all. And if I don't stretch, man, like it's just, I don't know. It's either I stayed too, I didn't stay long enough on the surface, probably to off gas the CO2 from the last dive or whatever it is, or, uh, calm the fuck down. I don't know. For some reason, like, or, or, uh, you know, it's it, oh, for me, it's just the diaphragm stretchers, like the biggest game. Yeah. Like I had a friend just text me last night from Kauai. He's like, dude, the diaphragm stretches. Thank you so much. Cause yeah. we were just in Baja and then he left to go to Kauai to dive and he was diving to 60 feet. He's, he's, um, yeah, he's been diving a few years, but that's a pretty good depth for him. And yeah. he was like, dude, totally changed everything. But yeah, like Adam Stern saying that I'm like, I, I got to stretch, man. I just did too much. I don't know my body's different. Like you said, um, it is interesting free diving too, because you could talk to so many different doctors and they'll tell you all different things too. Like it's not even worth your time. And it sounds terrible. Like if you can find a doctor that free dives, it's like, yes, sweet. And I, I have a couple of those, but, um, yeah, there's all kinds of information out there all across. Like when I was getting my trachea squeezes all the time, I was like, I don't understand. Like I never had this before. And it's just this and that. And then now all of a sudden it just keeps coming. And you know, and it took like talk to Ryan Myers, you know, the 200 foot diver or whatever. He's like, yeah, you know, he was really helpful. But at the same time, you look at someone like that and you're like, he probably never had that issue. Maybe he did, he just deeper. But I'm talking about getting like a friggin' squeeze at 50 feet. Like, what's going on? Yeah. Um, and some of the principles apply across the board, but it was just interesting to Google and see all the different, like, 
some of these little like nuances that you have when you dive, like one out of a thousand people will have the same thing and you can find that guy and you're like, Oh my God, that's it. Yeah. That's it right there. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I just drank water before I dove that fixed it. And you do that and it fixes it. It's like the stupidest shit sometimes. Like, yeah, it is. It is. It's so cool because like you said, I feel like the case studies are like getting more and more, the more people are diving, you're seeing more of, uh, of things happen like that. And then more people can kind of identify with it. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, squeezes especially are just a wild thing. I've had I've had a lot of issues with those myself. And uh, yeah, you you hear podcasts about some people saying you should never ever 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 see that. And then the the kind of doctrine was if you if you have some sort of squeeze, take like a month off, and then go back to diving at like half the depth. And then slowly ease your way into it. And now some like the new doctrine that they might be coming out with is, yeah, squeezes happen. It's kind of like when you, when you lift weights, you're tearing muscles and they repair themselves. And that's similar with your lungs. So I don't know. I don't know what's right or wrong. I know that I don't like <laughs> blood. <laughs> so, so, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I, I think the point is there's, yeah, nobody really knows right now. And I think that the the litmus test is how you feel on your dive. If something feels right, go for it. If something feels wrong, don't do it. And it's, yeah, it's like a very like explorative kind of time in the sport, which I think is rare. Right. The funniest thing about the squeeze is I remember reading, and I'm sure you read the same thing where it's like, if 20% of your blood is in your your saliva stay out for two weeks and then yes. like just goes down if more stay out i was like that doesn't sound very scientific but like oh that was 22 percent. So yeah <laughs> yeah i remember diving like getting squeezed i mean this is terrible to say this but like getting squeezed so often where it was like uh one time i was like well, fuck it i just and i went and dove the next day and i was fine but yeah. then the next it's just the weirdest it's i guess it's just yeah, it's just about how bad the squeeze is, where you get squeezed. Like all of my stuff was trachea for the most part, but um, yeah. pretty crazy. Um, as far as your spearfishing, we saw I'm super interested in this. Your guys' spearfishing course that you're offering. Um, how are you got how did you guys um what I guess what um what curriculum do you guys use and and how did you go about doing that whole thing? Like, can you kind of walk me through that course? for someone that might be interested in getting involved in that? Yeah. So we, we've been doing, um, kind of a combo course where the Friday and Saturday, you know, for the, for the intro classes, it's the same thing. Friday night classroom, Saturday morning pool, Saturday afternoon, a little shallow water session. Um, and then for those classes, we like to take a bigger boat, uh, like, Captain Bly lineage charters um, have been great. Um, and then take people out to the Coronado Islands on Sunday. We do a little bit of a depth session. Sometimes people are feeling it and really want to push depth. Sometimes it's, you know, you, you feel a little bit exposed. Uh, so we can basically call it a warm up session and then we just go start hunting and that's what I think is really cool is just watching people's comfort in the water improve um, throughout the day. Uh, the Coronados are great for that because if you want to dive in 10 feet, you go over here. If you want to dive in 40 feet, you swim 10 feet this way and you're in 40 feet, you know? 
um, and it's usually pretty clear water. So um, yeah, we try to on the on the boat ride out, we'll give a lot of instruction on um, spearfishing etiquette, how to load the gun, spearfishing safety, what you're looking for, hunting techniques, um, and then we'll be diving with you and kind of giving you pointers um, throughout the day. Yeah, normally you just you kind of jump in the water, kind of have like two people or so kind of per person. And then it normally starts with uh, kicking around and just being like, okay, that's the, that's a big goldfish. Don't shoot that thing. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's a fish here. It's like, okay, um, these fish, there's no size limit. There's anything they're open game. Um, but obviously it's, you know, like don't take anything unless you plan on eating that thing. We have spear fishing is we get to be selective and kind of get to pick and choose what we want. And um, yeah. We're not really out there to just shoot stuff is, you know, there to kind of like catch your food, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's pretty fun. And, and it's, it's surprising how a lot of people can get psyched out on the line when it's just this endless blue, uh, you know, but when the bottom's right there beneath you um, and there's fish and there's things and you can see it all, it's just like so much more uh, accommodating and not intimidating. So, yeah. Yeah, I found too um going to like marine reserves and taking people snorkeling through there and and pointing out, okay, you're gonna see this fish. You'll never see a fish this big before. Like this yeah, calico, right. that ain't yeah. gonna happen. You <laughs> yeah. If you see a calico this size, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, so it's it's interesting though, because I, I mean I knew when I went to travel to new places and and get with a local guy or whatever it is and go and, and try to like then like go back and research what the fish is and all this stuff like that. It's uh super cool and yeah, you got to know what you're you're hunting for um before you just go out there like like the guys i was telling you with that i went this weekend they're like uh what do i shoot like, well, those are opali and it's like pretty good size opali you know what if you never shot one shoot it and take it home and eat it and see how you like it you know because yeah. um, <laughs> well, people just don't know so um, yeah yeah and it's, it's pretty cool too because uh bly jumps in the water too with the guys and <laughs> and i always tell people like I can sit here better and better <laughs> <laughs> I can sit here and like explain to you like how to do a duck dive and like how to do this and that. But you know, especially from my own experience, like I learned everything from just watching. You know, if you can see somebody yeah. do it and you watch somebody do something, it's so much easier to then do it. So I'm just like, stay with that guy, watch everything that he does and try to do what he does, you know? Um, yeah. and I think that's like one of the best advice I can get to anybody that wants to learn is to, to watch, you know, visualization, like the brain doesn't know the difference between like imagining something and actually doing something. So, um, that's one of the things I always encourage people when they come into classes is like, if you've never watched free diving before, look at it, watch it. Like if you have an idea of what things look like, your body can just kind of, imitate it and do it but if it's like completely new then um you're just going to kind of wing it and most often it's not going to be exactly what it's supposed to be <laughs> i've even done that too sitting in my bed and like walk myself through a dive like okay 10 meters 40 <laughs> whatever it is and just like clearing just to like psychologically look at the time and try to walk myself through it just to you get over a hump if i was having a hump at something you know yeah. um, no, this you can probably delete this out of here because I think Nathan said the same thing. But like I when I went to that deep week in Bali, uh -huh. I was hitting I was hitting a wall at like 100 feet 
And I tried to, I, I had just gotten the Garmin watch. So I had the heart rate monitor and I was like, okay, like I'm going to do like short inhales, long exhales. And I had this instructor with me that was just this bombshell, like Swedish special forces, like absolutely gorgeous. And, and I, I did terrible dives and I looked at my heart rate monitor after and it was just like right before every dive, boom, <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't hear a thing you said uh what yeah <laughs> yeah exactly now dive what okay sure yeah, yeah. so <laughs> i love you uh so. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll, did I'll, we just have a connection yeah. <laughs> i'll drown myself for you. <laughs> but yeah if i black out you <laughs> <can't>. <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah oh boy now you're gonna have a record number of people sign up for uh, the deep week or blue water, blue, yeah, the blue, blue yeah, water expo, I'll whatever. Your, it is, right? your social stuff in here, and <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's get into that a little bit. Your social, um, you guys, quite the social gathering crew. It seems like your little network of people is just growing and growing. Um, every it seems like the free diving is like a byproduct of just i don't know like everything else like it seems like you got a hell of a, a community you guys are building down there how how did you is these all the people that you've met through instructing or did you guys know each other before like chris i know you were in the navy you were an officer in the navy right and then you got out um and then nate you had messaged me a while before about just getting a photography and, and and some other stuff um how how did the whole thing happen i guess for, I guess the, everybody's individual journey, but how the hell did this whole thing happen? Because it seemed like it started with, and we'll get into this too. Also your, uh, your dive viz app and, uh, and that whole thing, but how did the whole thing happen? Cause it's pretty big now. Like I, I was impressed when I looked down the beach, I was like, ah, oh, these guys are like, cause I think I was down, like I say with my daughter and I looked over and you guys like, there was a big group of people. And then I was looking on Instagram and it's like, it's not just you two on there running around. It's everybody. It seems like a pretty cool community. Yeah. I think that's the, that's one of the biggest things for me is there. I frequently question myself and what the heck am I doing? Um, but and I probably always will be, but just looking around at, at the people that we have working with us and showing up, it's like, I don't, I don't know what we stumbled into, but we, we did something right. Um, and so that, that's the most exciting thing for me. Uh, the way that it started was, was yeah, through the app, um, I was trying to do like dive forecasts and, um, somebody I was working with was like, well, if you, if your whole mission is to get people into the water, which it is, I think the more, the more people that see what's actually happening under the water, the more people that see that fish are getting smaller and fewer and further between, um, that's what I want, you know, um, it's just to like open them up to that experience. And if, if they want to take it and run with it and they want to do something with it, awesome. But I just want to be that, like the doorway. Um, and so my friend was like, well, you should just start a meetup group. I was like, absolutely not. I did not want to do that at all. <laughs> she was like, no, you absolutely should. Uh, <laughs> so I caved and our first meetup was terrible. We, we met at La Jolla Shores. I had never driven to La Jolla Shores on a Friday in June. 
And I thought that I could just go there and be fine. But turns out there's a lot of traffic. You can't park anywhere. <laughs> and so I was late to my first event. We had like 15 people show up and it was pretty choppy that day too. And so I, I had surfed, I had dove and I was like, all right, we're just going to get our gear. We're going to go out here. Didn't give people any pointers on like how to get into the water. So people are losing fins, masks, their children crying. It was just like the whole thing went up in flames. Uh, but we ended up going out there and snorkeling and came back and afterwards all, we all regrouped and like had a beer um and everybody was so excited and i was like okay everybody just wants the beer like it's like as long as you oh, get yeah. water <laughs> the beer afterwards <laughs> we're good <laughs> and uh yeah from there it like it just kind of grew um and then people started asking a lot of questions about free diving i was like man i haven't taken a class in like 10 years i should probably know what i'm doing and so uh martin was in town and i i signed up for his class uh, got my butt kicked. Um, and then, yeah, just started teaching it as kind of a side gig. Um, and yeah, as, as I was teaching, I just, I saw like how cool it was to have, um, like, I love our Sunday things at La Jolla Shores where you have people that are taking the class. You have people that might be interested in free diving, but are intimidated. So they'll come for a hot dog and maybe go snorkel, but they get to talk to the people in the class. Um, and it, it, I don't know, it just makes it less, yeah, intimidating or less, or it makes it more accessible. Um, and then that went on for a little while. Then in 2020, COVID happened and it just like blew up. I think people were looking for anything to do. I got really burnt out. <clears throat> so I hassled Nathan and he, he helped me start teaching classes. Um, and yeah, I'm just kind of kind of grew from there. I think, yeah, we've, we've managed to find a, an awesome band of misfits, um, that, that hang out and dive with us. So it's, it's always, yeah, I, I enjoy it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it's, it's, it's cool because it's there is no like freediver type. Um, you know, we have people of all ages, of all walks of life from, you know, just every kind of person and personality that you can imagine. And I think none of these people would normally ever be in the same room or talk to each other. And we all come together and we all kind of share this common bond and we are all just as tight as glue. It's like, it's, it's funny how... Um, I don't know. I think the ocean and diving can just kind of just create this common bond between people and bring people together. And um, I mean, there's something to say about the post dive high um, when you get to just like your body goes through this crazy dive adaptation and then you come back up and you just feel in a way that you've never felt. And when you get to like come back up and share that with people, it's yeah, it's like. I, I knew from the first moment I hit neutral buoyancy that I would never be the same ever again. And uh, that's kind of how I found Chris was I 
I was working on a project in Hawaii and I had a day off and somebody basically taught me how to equalize and ran me kind of through a, a crash course on free diving. And, um, you know, I, I did some diving and then was just hooked and came back to San Diego, bought all my gear, quickly realized that San Diego is not Hawaii um, and kind of started this uphill battle of kind of learning how to dive out here and deal with the conditions. Um, and so I was, I was spearing and stuff, but I never really got to like get that feeling that I got on a line to pursue depth. And so I just started looking all over online of like, who does line diving? Nobody does. And then I found Chris and uh, was just like, Hey, um, I'm going to take a class, you know? And I, I think that was one funny thing is that like, I had already hit like a hundred feet before I ever took a class and he's like, all right, you got to take this, this first class. And it caps off at like 20 meters is 66 feet. And I was kind of like frustrated at that at first. It's like, I, I can already like do hundred feet. Like why the heck do I need to take this class? You know? Um, but I knew that I, I basically needed to take the class for insurance reasons to like come out and dive on the line. So I was like, okay, that's what I got to do. Um, but I roped, uh, roped in a bunch of my friends, um, that I had been trying to like come dive with me. So I brought a couple friends in and that was like one of the greatest takeaways from the class was like the safety that I learned and to know that like these people that I dive with on a regular basis, like they've got my back to uh, basically do anything like to, to do what's right in case something goes wrong. And the amount of comfort that that brought me was huge. I mean, you can be a world-class diver and you can do all the safety, right. But if your buddy doesn't know it, it really doesn't do anything for you, you know? Um, so I like, I took away so much from that class of just like having the comfort of knowing that, all right, this is my buddy and he's got my back. So, um, here's, here's one thing you mentioned, you know, buddy, and we're talking about somebody always watching your back, but, and, you know, obviously California is not Hawaii. And do you have any tips or recommendations or have you found anything that works better than others when you're diving and it's, you know, poor visibility or, or it's hard, uh, just in general, when the guy drops, as soon as he goes past, you know, 20 feet or whatever, he just disappears. Do you guys have, uh, any tips for the, something like that? I think you probably got more. I'll, I'll say my, I would say having a float line helps a lot. Also just knowing what their capabilities are. Like, are they, what's their normal bottom time? Like, are they going to be diving for a minute and a half or like this guy, like six minutes, uh, you know, people come out and train with us and they're like, is he dead? I'm like, no, nah, it's just Nathan. But, um, just, just knowing that and having that, uh, like, knowledge of each other and each other's capabilities and what you're normally doing. And then I would say, you know, having, if you can get yourself, you know, whether it's through a class or line diving or pool training with a buddy or with us or whatever, like to that point where you're on your edge, that, that adds a ton of value. So I think one, your buddy knowing what you're typically capable of, and then you being underwater and knowing wow, usually I can stay down here for two minutes, but I've been down here for 45 seconds and I'm already feeling this thing that is usually my warning signal. Maybe something's off. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night. Maybe I'm not hydrated, you know, whatever it is, just like, yeah, having that knowledge on, on both sides. I don't think there's a, yeah, I don't know if there's a perfect answer. I think we all have friends like Nathan here that it's like, <laughs> like, <laughs> 
Uh, three and a half. Is he, is he, did he just black out sitting in the prone or like, uh, we've had a friend like that. And I was like, uh, it was so, like, I remember going down and tapping like, are, are, Hey, and he turned around and he was like, yeah, what's the problem? I'm like, Hey, all right, dude. <laughs> just checking. Wow. Like literally pushing four minutes, man. Like, holy oh. crap. And he's like, Hey, how come, uh, I couldn't go down any deeper. I was like, that was a hundred foot float line. He was <laughs> out. That's why you couldn't go down deeper. Oh, I had no idea. Well, like, fuck you, man. Cause like, <laughs> that ain't me, dude. <laughs> yeah, no, I think like your waiting is a big thing. I mean, like in, in safety, it's really just like, all right, just make sure you weight yourself properly and make sure you got somebody that's watching your back. I mean, that's the big thing. Like Chris said, you know, a float line will always kind of give you that like, you know, if something does go wrong, you're most likely going to be next to that. So that gives you kind of that path to it. Um, and to just like, just to know that, yeah, you can hunt uh, um, and not like you, you can buddy dive and hunt fish and do it successfully. I remember like the first time I went out like white sea bass hunting with some friends, I jumped in the water. They're like, don't get near me you stay away from me and don't scare my fish like, okay yeah, yes sir and i was like okay so this is how i do this you know um and then yeah i like took some classes and realized that's kind of sketchy um and then you know i've got some of my good buddies i love to dive with like nate wells and brandon zeke like um and it's totally like our hunting has like proved that 100 wrong and that like the reason i've landed fish is because we were bunny hunting buddy diving and, and communicating after each dive and like saying like all right what'd you see i'm seeing this like top surface no it's like actually you should try the bottom oh, okay i haven't been diving to the bottom let's try that and then like i connect so um yeah i think like it's people that say like like trying to buddy dive and, and spearfish like is going to decrease your odds of catching fish i would 100 say that's false yeah i think it's interesting going back to what you were saying as far as having a diving with a buddy and and you're absolutely right I, I have found my last podcast we we talked about it we just got back from a trip with a guy on the podcast peter and we did the whole there was three of us and it was like one guy goes down and a i noticed this uh you know uh goes down check out this rock i noticed this whatever whatever and like just we were just constantly like just probing like leapfrogging all the way down to the area until we could find the area, but we were able to go so much faster just because somebody was always ready. Somebody was recovering, somebody was spotting and we just able to find like way more productive fishing spots. I think that way, especially when the viz wasn't so great, we were doing, um, you know, just dives down. We actually had to stay on the bottom a little bit. Um, I thought that was probably the most productive way to hunt at least, you know, a grouper or whatever, but even, even for white sea bass, like you're saying, I'm seeing this. Are you seeing that? Um, like any fish, mm -hmm. I I've heard that from numerous people, even in blue water, we always found out that it was like three people was like perfect. Cause somebody be on the flasher with a smaller gun. And then you got two guys, you know, diving and then somebody's spotting the guy that's diving, they're taking turns diving and you're just kind of watching sharks or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you, what do you guys have planned, uh, for this year coming up? Like any big things? I mean, you guys are doing trips to Mexico and, uh, so those ridiculous photos that you take of diving those, uh, I guess they're springs, right? Is that correct? Those freshwater 
Yeah, basically a cenote. Yeah, it's just kind of like these freshwater pockets in Mexico. So yeah, we're, we're going to go back to Mexico in the fall and October and kind of do our, our traditional cenote trip, which is awesome just because it's just kind of like the perfect storm for free diving. You know, they're, they're protected. There's no current. They're not exposed. The water's crystal clear. Um, you do have like holoclines, you know, at about hundred feet, you hit this holocline where it goes from freshwater to saltwater. And it's pretty trippy because, you know, normally at that point you're in free fall. So you're just cruising and then you bust through this cloud and then you enter, it gets really dark down there. Um, but it's wild because you can feel yourself transition from freshwater to saltwater. You can feel yourself slow down. So normally you have to like give a couple more kicks to kind of speed back up into the salt water. Um, and so personally, I hate that because <laughs> you usually hit that at about a hundred feet, which is where I start tensing up. And then knowing that I have to kick more at that depth, I don't like <laughs> what I do like is that <laughs> is that each cenote like has its own personality. It's not like, Hey, come come like 2000 miles away with us and we're going to dive in a bunch of freaking ponds. Like they, they're all so different and they all have their own personality and their own like halo clines or solid clines or like whatever, like it's, it's really, really cool and very nice for us because there are no waves. It's all warm. You know, you'd, you'd pretty much just like fall into the water and yeah. start diving. Yeah. You know? It's fresh water. So um, normally we're wearing five mil suits when we're down there. Cause it's, it's fresh water. So it's a little bit cooler. Um, but it's like, you're, you're super warm in a five mil and then you don't wear as much weight because it's fresh water. So you're, you have half the amount of weight you normally wear. And it's, it's wild. As soon as you put that on and you're back in your suit, you realize like how obnoxious your weight belt is and like having all that extra weight. And, um, and like he said, like, it, it's like a very spiritual place. And like each one is so individual, you know, like each one is so different from the other and each one's a different experience. So, and, and everybody that goes down there always does their best diving. Like everyone's yeah. just hitting PBs. And, and I think the problem is everyone gets used to that. And then they come back here and they get in the cold and they're like, oh, okay, what the heck, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, it, and it, it helps us get that perspective of like why people struggle out here and how much, cold water tenses up the body and how much tension, like you don't realize that you're holding and how much that's holding you back, whether it's like equalization, simply just because you're a little tight, like you can't equalize or just because you're a little tight, um, you're not able uh, to bring air up or do this or that. And like, you're getting this urge to breathe, like you, you don't realize it. So I think it helps gain perspective of like, what comfort feels like on a dive out there. And then here, like, yeah. um, it really is. If you, if you can do it here, you can do it anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. But I would say down there, if you, if you drink enough beer, you can have, you can have a three mil and be plenty warm. <laughs> so that leads me to a question as far as <laughs> hydration and, uh, <laughs> drinking beer. No, in all seriousness, <laughs> drinking beer and, and free diving. Do you notice a big difference or do you prefer to drink the beer after you free dive? Or is there like, have you noticed much of a difference? Like if you were out all night partying and then you're going, obviously you're dehydrated, but have you noticed much of a difference? Like I, I get hammered off like a beer nowadays. Uh, I, yeah. I am a great test subject for this, but <laughs> I'll let you go first. I, I think I have a great perspective because I, I feel like my whole life I've been able to like, 
smoke a doobie, go drink a couple beers, go out and surf and have no problem performing and like do athletic activities and just be able to hang. Free diving is the first thing that really like put, put it in perspective for me where I will drink like one beer the night before and I go dive the next day and I can feel that one beer like on my dive. I can't feel it, let's say like physically as I wake up and the next day, it's like, I'm not hungover. I have no clue that that like was with me, but on my dive, I feel it like I 100%. (laughs) But I also think that you're so comfortable with diving and so in tune with it that you, you know, if any little thing is off, I know that I've seen other people that are maybe not as experienced and can have like, again, it's a fine line. You can have like one or two drinks and it kind of like, calms their mind down relaxes you're right. able to relax more yeah. um yeah i think diving hungover would never recommend that to anybody <laughs> but i yeah i don't know and, no. and in general like probably wouldn't recommend it but no. i think i think for like beginners it's like yeah if if you have like a mimosa or two and you go dive like it it's not going to kill yeah. you but yeah i think on paper like it's, it's not going to help you. Right. But we always say free diving is 90% mental and the other 10% is in your head. And I couldn't agree with that more. And I've heard these stories of people are like, I had a couple beers and I went out and dove and I like killed it. And I like, I think that all boils down to relaxation, like relaxation in the end will overcome all technique and everything else. Like your, your comfort and your relaxation is at the base of your pyramid of how to like perform a sex- successful diet. Mm-hmm. And so I think those people who, who might like drink a little bit and then have like good benefits is from that is because it helped them relax. And like, that's what they need to work on. Right. Yeah. I agree with that. That's yeah. That's a fair assessment. I think. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> it works good on podcasts too. <laughs> Another fun thing I want to talk about uh, as far as like trips we're doing is we're doing a a Sia Cortez liveaboard. Um, So I've been kind of trying to like put together some fun Baja trips because in the last three years, I spent a lot of time down there and it is like, I'm ready to go down there and never come back. Um, It's just, (laughs) it's, it's such a beautiful place. And I mean, for me, it's just like, the, the older I get, the farther I want to get from concrete and buildings. And I just want to like escape to a different time and place where there are no people. And it's just like me and nature and, and Baja is like for me transporting back in time. Um, and so we're doing a liveaboard um, down coming into La Ventana and then going to basically dip out there, hit Soralvo and then kind of go up north um, for like six, seven days, just bouncing around between uh, some blue water, some uh, deep water pinnacles and some uh, obviously like reef diving and whatnot. So I just, I love that place. I love that area, that style of diving and pretty excited about that. When is that? Uh, it's going to be in May um, for, yeah, about eight, nine days. And uh, we got it all up on the site right now. You can kind of see, see the boat, see uh, kind of like a breakdown day by day of uh, where we're going to be diving. Obviously we, we, we kind of have a general idea of what it's going to be, but that's the beauty of a liveaboard is, um, you know, we don't have to keep coming back to shore each night. Um, you can kind of stay out on the grounds, find the fish, 
you know, if we plan to be here today and there's no fish, you just pick up and move, you know, until you find where it's at and then stay there. And so, yeah. Well, we got it for the May 19th to the 27th. Yeah. Oh, great. Uh, that sucks uh, for me, but um, <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> shit. <laughs> we'll do another one, Brett. Yeah. Uh, are you doing it through Palapas Fontana or is it something so totally yeah. separate? Yeah, yeah, I do it with Tim. Um, yeah. I went down and did the, uh, uh, Palapa, the blue water comp last year, was right. kind of like my first comp. Um, and just like had a ball on that and like, yeah, I just had a real good time and then kind of saw what it was like diving there. And then the more I dive Baja, the more I basically look at like where the most remote spots are, you know, when you, when you go down the road, you see how the road goes from like the Pacific to the Sea of Cortez. And it's just like, my ideal thing is just be wherever that road isn't, you know, and like this kind of area where we're going to be at is like pretty remote. So I just <laughs> I do the exact same thing. I was like, <laughs> okay, we're taking a boat here. That's what we're yeah. doing. Like yeah. I have my buddy has this little inflatable. He's I'm like, I don't give a shit. We're just there's and I've said this before, like you got it's just the craziest thing about Baja is you look at the amount of coastline there is. It's basically double California with 3,000 people or four, like I think it's 4,000 people, 3,000 people live on the border. Mm-hmm. Like there's got to be reefs there. I love exploring, anyways. It's always been in my kind of thing, but there's got to be reefs you dive on that someone never, no one's ever dove on it. Yeah. You know, there's a very good chance of that. Like, and I'm not saying I want to go like, it would just be incredible to dive, to explore. Like it's, you know, the ocean is the ocean. It's so cool. And it's not that far away, literally. And back to what you're saying, as far as getting away from the concrete jungle, the thing that I love about down there is the people to the culture, the handshake, like there's no attorneys, there's no bullshit. Like there's no you'll sign this so you don't sue us nobody gives a shit we'll give you enough rope to hang yourself (laughs) like if you want to fucking do that go for it but the thing i love about it is like the i mean really the the values like the professionalism it is very professional it's very like everybody gives you the shirt off your back and just such a good time um that what what is your website is it uh justgetwet.com yep okay that trip sounds amazing (laughs) um but yeah, absolutely. Uh, that, you know, I mean, you see it, look at the map, anywhere the one or the five goes, just go the other way. We're yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got to like, that's why I think there's a lot of parts of Baja that require hours and hours of driving. Um, and I'm not going to give anything away, but like, you know, you can't necessarily fly into it. You, you, there's parts that you can, but it's still, once you get there, it's a three hour, four hour drive. Like those are the places I want to go. Like yeah. those are the places I know you can dive and shoot a 40 pound yellowtail easily, you know? Um, and, but I will say that I just talked to someone today that talked about a spot that we dive pretty regularly and, um, or that he had, and, and I've been there a few times and a couple of my friends and one of the guys that mentored me is like, there's schools of 40 pounders. And that was in the nineties. Now there's more like there's 40 pounders. There's sprinkled throughout. And there's, you know, there's bigger fish, but the schools, the walls of 40 pounders, I mean, I haven't seen it, but he's talking about even just him diving it in the early nineties till now, how, um, it's, it's got a cotton, 
watered down a little bit, you know, which is unfortunate. Um, so again, be selective, but yeah, that's cool. Baja. Um, okay. And then who's all your instructors or as far as like, what's your staff look like as far as, um, your crew, because I saw Derek, um, I've messaged him. He lives, I think he lives in ocean beach or something, but I've, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've been meaning, I know he goes to go to the spear shack a lot with Mark, but I, I, um, I've never actually got a chance to link up with him and I've chatted with him so much, but I know he kind of took, took it and ran too, as far as, is he an instructor now for, with you guys or. Yeah. He's, he assists with us a lot. He's, he's helped us run a ton of classes and a ton of training and a lot of these like, uh, spearfishing shore tours and, and some of the trips to the Coronados as well. Um, but yeah, he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's put a lot of time into it, uh, working with Mark and I think he's, he's linking up with, uh, Captain Bly, okay. uh, his, uh, his safety diver for the next year. Uh, so yeah, some, some people love the line diving and Derek, Derek killed it at that. I think his, uh, yeah, now he's excited to be out on boats and help people. Yeah. Help Derek's, people Derek's kind of been my Baja Huckleberry. We, <laughs> we did a, a trip in november and it's it's kind of fun because you know we we had a general idea um and we went down there and it was kind of like the first spot we hit and planned on staying it was like water's too cold we're not seeing anything it's like okay and then we just went off and just completely won it and had like a great trip so you know he's been kind of like definitely on the spear fishing front and trying to kind of like find spots that we can kind of like take people and like what's like a good beginner spot to take some int- like, you know, beginner divers, some more advanced spots. And, um, yeah, he found it just like, he, he found a, a spearfishing like group on and yeah. went and did it. And then it was just basically what I like to say down the rabbit hole, which I feel like we all kind of have this one experience yeah. where you just get hooked and then like, you just kind of pursue it and has been just kind of with us since then. So, yeah. And I think, I think for the rest of the staff, like what I love is that everybody has such different backgrounds and a lot of them are pretty much all of them are doing it, uh, part-time. Um, but it's, there were all people I, that took the class, like all people that yeah. basically saw us out, took the class yeah. and just came and never left, you know? And I feel like and, it's the same as me. <laughs> and for me, what I, what I look for and what I've seen in them is just their ability to like, read people and meet them on their level. Um, I think that's, that's a skill in, in and of its own. And then being able to do that in the water and being able to do that with multiple people that are on multiple different skill levels, uh, can be really challenging. And so uh, that's huge for coaching. Yeah. That's huge. Like it's not a one-stop shop. It's definitely trying to get the most, everyone's like a little puzzle and trying to figure out what helps them. Give them the next step, the next piece. Like, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's one thing to like, be able to perform a skill. It's another thing to be able to like communicate it in a way to all sorts of different people, you know? And so, um, yeah, the, the people that have come on are, are awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's so great having more people on our staff. Like we just, we had a class this past weekend that had just a, a very wide range of abilities. And uh, when I started, it was like, I would try to handle all of them and it would be miserable. Like nobody's going to be happy. Uh, <laughs> but now, now we have, you know, a lot more people where 
you know, the rock stars can go with one person, the, the people that are kind of getting it, getting it can go with somebody else. And then the struggle bus uh, can, can be handled by usually me. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's just really cool to like, yeah, give everybody that next step. Um, and then have people that can, yeah, read that. And, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's been really nice to have a bigger staff that's, yeah, way more capable than I am. <laughs> One thing I wanted to ask you, um, just more personally, I guess, is that, um, Nathan, you're a fairly deep diver. I'm assuming I've never dove with you. Um, but I do know, I think I might've talked to you about this before, uh, sometime, but what depths do you feel comfortable free diving to? Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a tough question because, um, like I didn't have many hangups at first, like with equalization and whatnot, I think I, I kind of raced down to like hundred feet pretty quickly, but then it was that point when I hit residual volume, when I realized like, oh, I can't move air anymore. Um, what's going on. Right. So I think that took me a bit to kind of like figure that out. And then I progressed to like 40 meters. And then I think it was when I started hitting 40 that I had a couple like pretty mild squeezes but it was very confusing to me because the dives felt great. I felt like my technique was perfect and I got out of the water and just like spit to check. And I had some like very small specks of blood in there and it was just, it completely puzzled me as to like, all right, what the heck is going on here? Where did this come from? You know? And so it was at that point that I feel like I took a big step backwards in my diving was like, all right, something's going on here. I don't know what it is. Like I need to kind of figure that out. And I kind of just really tried to, again, just like work on technique, work on form, um, and to kind of overcome that. And then I think it was about that time that I started instructing. And so, so most of my diving now is kind of working with other people and I don't get to do as much of my own pursuit of depth. And so I always want to make sure that if I am going to push depth, that I take time to make sure that my body is like adapted to it. It's not like, you know, I do a lot of diving. So my, my breath hold is great. And like my, my muscle muscular endurance is great, but it's like, I'm just mainly diving to like 20, 30 meters constantly. And I don't go past that too much. So, you know, I always like to wait until I have like a week or two that I can, you know, spend some time getting down 40 and moving past that. Um, my deepest dive yet is about like 60, 56 meters. Um, and it, you know, it felt great. Um, I still feel like I had like, it was when I kind of had that hang up and I had like a very uncomfortable dive at like one of the first times I hit 40, when I came up, I feel like starved for air. And I was just like, I never want to have that feeling ever again. Like I don't want to ever have an uncomfortable, uncomfortable dive again. And I think it was that point, like I, I just got into such a rhythm of every time I go out, I hit a PB, I go deeper, I go deeper. And it was at that point, I took a step back and I stopped focusing on numbers. It was like, okay, my goal is to enjoy my diving. And ever since I did that, like the depth came no problem. And I think that's the biggest uh, advice that I can give to anybody. And then I tell to everybody in a class, it's like, okay, I bet all of you are concerned about what the requirements are to pass this class. And I was just like, don't even think about it. Like you, after you take this class, you have like a whole year to try to check these things off. So 
but just like, don't feel like you need to do it in a class. If you could just go out and try to enjoy your diving, um, the depth will come. But it's as soon as you try to take your mind somewhere else than you are, as soon as like, you know, you, you just need to stay in the moment and stay where you're at. And as soon as your head is. So, so how does that, so you're, you know, you're comfortable diving at 40 meters, you could say, right. How, how does that transition to your spearfishing? Like what depth are you comfortable at diving when you're spearfishing? Cause like, that's such a weird thing as I feel like as divers, we're trying to get that to be equal as much as we possibly can. Just like when we do statics, we're trying to breathe our our, our, get our, uh, our dynamics as close as we can to our static, just by being efficient and calm. Like, and, uh, so I'm just curious, like for you, how, what kind of depth do you feel comfortable diving in? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny because it, like my free diving, I approach so differently than my spearfishing, you know, with my free diving, I like do a nice, pretty big, powerful duck dive. And when I start kicking, my kicking is pretty powerful. And I try to kind of maintain a specific uh, speed that's like maximizing efficiency. Whereas when I'm spearfishing, I slow everything down. Like I try to do my duck dive and I kick in a way that is not um, aggressive. You know, it's like the, the fish are always watching you. So I just always have to think that. And so my dive is very different. Like my dive is so much more slower and I go into free fall so much earlier. And so normally it equates in a much, much longer dive time. Um, so it, it looks very different. Um, but, and it also depends on like how well I'm training, you know, like if I'm not training and I haven't been diving a lot, I'm going to dive completely different than if I'm at peak performance. You know, I think when I was at the blue water comp, um, I was like feeling pretty good. And so I was, that was the first time that I started like maxing out my float line at like a hundred feet. Um, and you know, dive times kind of going up into like two towards the three minute range and stuff. Um, and so that was, but again, it's like getting into free fall at like 30, 40, 50 feet, and then just slow-mo sinking down to like a hundred feet or so. Um, so I, you know, I, I feel comfortable getting down to a hundred, but again, it, it's, it's very situational, like how I feel at that time, um, like how much I've been training. Yeah. That's kind of a good point. Um, w- what you're talking about is slowing everything down. Um, cause I was diving a few weeks ago with a couple of guys that had just their newer divers where they'd taken the free diving course and I was watching him diving and he'd go down. And he literally just kicks so hard, just like he's diving down a line, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was, I was like, whoa, like, but it, and it, it kind of caught me off guard. I was like, Hey, I'm not like a great diver or anything, but maybe you should slow down a little bit. And until you mentioned that it, it made me think that, yeah, if someone just took a free diving course, that's like, that's how I get to the bottom. I just, but mm-hmm. you got to get down there and stay there. You want to be like, it's just a totally different animal in some regards. So yeah, you're right. Everything slows down. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I think especially in the beginning, everybody's so anxious and nervous. They just want to get to the bottom and it's like, Oh, I got to scream down there, get down to touch the bottom of that line and come back up Mm -hmm. Well, diving and spearfishing, especially it's like, no, 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 no. It's not so much depth. That's the one thing, but it's like the quicker, like you said, that you were getting a free fall. And then you can kind of assess the situation as you're dropping, even half the time you could shoot fish before you even get to the bottom, especially that grouper, I guess. But, yeah. Yeah. um, 
I mean, that's that's the mindset that that we want people to have line diving too. It's just yeah. like being relaxed and like I tell people it's like whenever you hit that point of tension or just like, oh, how much further do I have to go? Whenever you look towards the bottom, nine times out of ten, the result is gonna be like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go this much further. <laughs> like it's never good. <laughs> so and so just like that is beautiful. Yeah. That is so true. I was just yeah. even replying to myself. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> How deep am I? Fuck. Yeah. And so it's just like just tuck your chin. Close your eyes. Try to soften a little bit. See if there's any way that you can relax a little bit more. If you can't, boom, just go back up. Easy day. <laughs> If if you can relax into that like area of discomfort, um, then you've made it. Like that's that's the entire game. And I don't think that 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 ever leaves. Like you never you never graduate beyond that point. <laughs> you know, like there's there's always going to be the hamster wheel in the back of your mind that's screaming at you, and you're always going to have to be able to talk to it. You know? That's another great point. Yeah. That, that, that voice is always in your head always. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, you're going to get there when you get there, just yeah. calm down. Yeah. yeah. Calm yeah. down. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it's so true. One time I was kicking straight down. I swam, I was like in the Zen cause I knew it was a deeper dive for me. And the bottom was like an 85 or whatever. And I just swam right in the fucking bottom, like just in the zone. I had missed the Valley and like hit the little hill just and i remember like i had a a, a fucking a gopro on my head thank god because that took the brunt of it right into a core oh, yeah. yeah and i was like well i'm here you know but it was so clear too my buddies are watching me and they're like okay you can you can turn she just hit us yeah anyways it was funny because the fish the little fish came over we're like hey what are you doing now because i just kicked up a bunch of coral yeah, Dustin. It was all technique. It right? was all Dustin. Yeah, it was great. So I just stayed down there. Good strategy. I mean, I wish I had a film watch. It's just funny, but uh anyways, yeah, I was in the zone, man. Uh, in the zone. Yeah. I, you know, I'd have uh, done that myself. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, um, so if you guys, how how does someone, if they want to get more involved and they're listening to this podcast and they're like, oh, those guys, like that seems like something I want to get into. What's the first step? How how do you get involved? I would say our uh our Instagram is pretty active. Elizabeth is the uh Elizabeth and Nathan are the voices of that. Um so we we put a lot of stuff out on that and then um I don't know our newsletter we're we're trying to work into more dive forecasts as well as you know what our upcoming classes and trips and and stuff like that are. So justgetwet.com or the Instagram at justgetwet underscore are, are probably the two best yeah yeah I'm, I'm on there every day so like if you have a question or anything just the instagram shoot us a message we'll respond um that day and yeah the the website's pretty good we stay pretty up to date on that so there's like kind of like a rundown of everything kind of that we offer on there and mm -hmm. if you want to just like come hang out like come on a sunday whether you want to jump in the water or not you know we're there hanging out and so it's a good way to kind of like meet people um and just kind of you know ask questions and find somebody you know you kind of like share a common you know some kind of common relationship with so that's in la jolla shores correct yeah pretty much every sunday 8 a.m we'll be there 
um, and then we kick out and then come back and, and grill out the winter time. It won't be as consistent, but rolling into the summer, it's much more consistent on pretty much every Sunday. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Um, love what you're doing. Uh, check out your place in, uh, mission beach too. Uh, that was just, that was so cool to see. I'm like, he, a crazy son of a bitch. He did it. I was like, I remember like the Instagram page. Now you guys got like a shop and everything. And then oh, yeah. I know. Better, that better be lucky than good. That's all I can say. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, speak with me and share this and everything you guys are doing for the San Diego free dive community. Cause that was one thing I thought was really lacking too, uh, coming from a place where there was diving every week if you wanted it, like free diving. And then coming here, it's like, uh, does anyone want to free dive? And you know, it's <laughs> yeah. tough, but um, awesome. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, thanks again. Yeah, thanks no, we appreciate you and everything you do. You know, like I think a lot of people want to try to keep a lot of this stuff secret, you know, and there's a lot of people putting in a lot of hard work and effort to feel like you got to earn it. But I think the less secrets, the better. Um, and the more like knowledge that we can kind of pull together and share amongst each other will just all make us stronger divers and, and, and make this kind of grow into what I think we want it to be and what it should be. So thank you for bringing us on. Oh yeah. Anytime. Thank you guys. Uh, maybe I'll see you Sunday or something. We'll see. What's yeah, going on. Get out there out. Already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys. Uh, have a good night. Thanks. You too. Hey, thanks again for listening. That concludes the show for today. Uh, thank you, Nate and Chris for chatting with me. A uh, ton of good stuff. You guys are doing great things. Um, be sure to check out just get wet. If you're ever in San Diego on Sundays or stop by their shop in mission beach, um, check them out. If you're not in San Diego at Instagram and YouTube at just get wet, uh, just really good guys doing great things and building a hell of a community here in San Diego. So thanks guys. And if you guys want some more information on spearfishing or have more questions, check out either spearfactor.com or for the courses, check out spearfishingmentor.com. All right, take care.